What is worse than telling my listeners the truth? It's simple, telling lies or being complacent and not pushing myself to do better, to act on stories that show injustice or harm, to be ignorant or be apathetic and just simply not care as I do the show. That would all be worse than telling the truth. Fox News and Tucker Carlson, they have not been telling people the truth and they know it. So what's worse than not telling the truth? It's their ignorance. It's their lies and misinformation. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans. Another episode of America Emboldened. I am your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, www.americaoutloud.com. You can find this show on all your favorite podcast networks, and you can check out the America Out Loud talk radio on all your favorite mobile devices. Just download the app for America Out Loud. So my essential question today is, what is worse than telling the truth? Well, that would be lying to people. It would be creating misinformation. It'd be when people are intentionally misleading their audience or giving you false information in order to make money, in order to create ratings. I'm looking at you, Tucker Carlson, because more testimony has come out about uh, the deposition and the text messages of what Tucker Carlson was writing to other people about Donald Trump. Tucker Carlson has been living a lie. And today we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what it means to be apathetic. You know, if you're just completely unaware to what's important in the world, that's different than simply not caring about them. You know, I think it was a religion teacher that I had in school one time. They said, you know, you can hate somebody, but you know what's worse than hating somebody? And the class was silent. We're like, no, what's that? And it said, being apathetic towards somebody. Because when you're apathetic, you simply don't even care about somebody's existence. And so apathy about the important issues around us, that's almost uh, one of the cardinal sins that we can do amongst our society and our fellow neighbors. Now, couple that with ignorance and not wanting to know, and then we get the lack of empathy that we see in society. We get a, a spot where people are socially unequal in a way that no one cares to try the equal things. We get destruction uh, at the workplace, destruction of the globe, and many other things. We also have ideologues. Ideologues are when people become completely attached to their system of belief. And this is problematic. It's problematic when, you know, a show like Tucker Carlson, if you're drawing in tens of millions of people throughout a week, 
and everybody's listening. You become closed-minded when you become an ideologue and you become unwilling to consider the other perspectives or the other evidence. Take what Kellyanne Conway said way back when about, well, these are alternative facts. What is an alternative facts? That's a rejection of truth, right? That's a rejection of what we know is true and just. And therefore that can be harmful. It can be destructive. It can lead to poor policies. And then the last part of this tenant that I want to get into today is when we are taking inaction or just simply complacent. Maybe that's where we just go, well, I always get my news from X, Y, or Z, and I refuse to look anywhere else because this is what I'm comfortable with. Well, complacency has failed us throughout life. When people fail to act, they give in to great moments of injustice in the world. They allow for big circular uh, moments of oppression, overwhelming oppression, or they allow harm. Now, inaction and complicity in harm, as I said, is just a circle, a cycle of violence and inequality. What does all of these kind of tenets that I'm laying out at the beginning have to do with Tucker Carlson? Well, if you like Tucker Carlson, chances are you might drop me from Twitter, which by the way, it's Twitter at Real Greg Bolden. I know after I aired my Fox News episode last week, I lost followers. I see a lot less people sharing my episodes. That's a shame. It's a shame because I'm going to light a match tonight and I'm going to tell you exactly things that have been told to me. I'm not going to drop names because I don't believe in burning bridges. I don't believe that that should be a thing. But are you aware that perhaps people on networks, people on shows are telling you something because they know that it's popular with their audience, that they don't necessarily believe all the talking points, but they know that going against a talking point would lose listeners for them. If you're not aware of that, I am. I am because I had conversations before coming on to the America Out Loud Network. I've had conversations with people as my show's grown here on the network with outsiders and people that talk to me about what type of content I'm allowed to publish and what type of content on the network. And people will tell me like, hey, you know what? I'll put this on site XYZ. I'm going to use that as my example tonight, so I'm not calling any names. And uh, just do me a favor. If you're going to put anything, make sure that none of your content is anti-Trump. And I said to one individual, I said, well, why can't I have anything anti-Trump? And he said, honestly, like if as soon as you do that, you're going to bury your show. Your show will be dead in the water. And I said, well, then I don't care about pandering to that crowd. I care about what's true. And if what's true is something that's against Donald Trump, then I'm going to talk about it. Just like when what's true is something against Joe Biden, I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to sit here and pander for listeners. I am not going to peddle lies and misinformation, but there are many people, many people around me. That's exactly what they do. They want you to go to their sponsors. They use buzzwords and talking points to scare you. They put you in a perpetual state of fear and then tell you to donate money to them. I want you to pay attention. How often do I ask you on my show to donate money? I don't. Occasionally I'll be like, Hey, if you'd like to buy me a cup of coffee, that's fine. I'm never asking people, hey, subscribe so I can continue bringing great content. No, I'm just doing it 
because I believe that if I continue to do good work and put this out there, eventually that brings value to the people and people will believe in that. People will believe in me. Maybe I'm doing it all wrong, right? There, there is certainly a formula to do this proper. And the formula is to practice ideology that's extreme and feed that to a specific audience and get really popular. I, I know this for a fact. I'm not making any of this up. I have the receipts. I have the conversations. I have the emails. I know which people do this on their famous podcast. I know which people do this in the mainstream media. And now with Tucker Carlson's text messages published and other people's, it's just out there for the world to see. But you should be thinking critically about people that constantly use buzzwords. Buzzwords about Democrats, buzzwords about Republicans, buzzwords about fear upon fear of COVID and everything else. I don't know about you guys, but we're three years removed from COVID. I'm over it. I'm completely over it. I don't really care to cover it unless there's something brand new coming out. Sure, if the lab leak stuff gets hot, I'll be there. I'll talk all about it. But to just continue to hit the buzzwords of fear, the world is burning, everything's falling apart. No, I don't believe in it and I'm not going to do it to make sure that people listen to my show. If you want integrity, I'm going to try to give you that. I, I don't think that I'm going to uh, be the greatest thing since sliced bread, uh, but I also know I'm not going to be the worst thing for you to listen to. That all stated, Tucker Carlson, yeah, that guy, he is. I've had it with Tucker Carlson. I have a feeling that most of the people are going to have a problem with Tucker Carlson as well after some of the things that he has started to put out there. For example, we now can see in this uh, de deposition of 200 pages of content, which I hadn't had a chance to go through when I did the show last week, but more is coming out about it now because there's this cache of internal communications that people can look up for themselves and be able to read. Um, Tucker Carlson said on January 4th, 2021, we are very, very close to being able to ignore Trump most nights. I truly can't wait. I hate him passionately. This is Tucker Carlson's text message to his colleague at Fox. He also shared private meetings with Donald Trump. He defended him on air and he shared similar sentiments in text the days after. He says what he's good at is destroying things. He's the undisputed world champion of that. He could easily destroy us if we play it wrong. That is Tucker Carlson's words. Don't I need to remind everybody that one of Tucker Carlson's good friends is Hunter Biden? Have we forgotten that on the Hunter Biden laptop, Tucker Carlson's literally surgically putting his lips to Hunter Biden's rear end, asking for help with college, asking for help from the Biden family? Because that's clearly on the Hunter Biden laptop. This should change everything for listeners. Now, I said last week, Fox News sucks. I think all the mainstream media that's on cable news TV absolutely sucks. I've been consistent now for the past week and putting that message through to you. It's all a bunch of propaganda. It's misinformation. It's ideologue extremism from different perspectives, depending what type of cable news network you're listening to. It's apathetic towards a certain side. 
So if you're on the liberal side, you're apathetic to conservative values. And if you're conservative, you're apathetic to social justice sides. And it also shows that it is completely complacent in things that do not pander to their audience. So that would be one thing if that's all the Tucker Carlson put out there, but that's not because there's a person that comes on to the America out loud network. They've been a guest on other people's shows, never been a guest on mine. And I'm guessing we'll never be a guest on mine. That's fine. Uh, they're, they're always more than welcome to join me, but that person is Sydney Powell. Now there are some crazy text messages from Tucker Carlson regarding Sidney Powell. He said that on November 17th, 2020, that the special counsel to that election, Sidney Powell, he said, Sidney Powell is lying. Effing BS. That was Carlson's message. Now in that text message, it was redacted who it was to. So we don't know. It also said that, uh, Laura Ingraham said, Sydney Powell is a bit nuts. Sorry, but she is. And she wrote that November 16th, a day earlier. Uh, Tucker Carlson, she's making everyone paranoid and crazy, including me. This is Tucker Carlson's words. There are plenty of messages where there are these communications that are discrediting Sydney Powell. They all lined up one by one to bring Sidney Powell onto that network and tell every single person Sidney Powell's story. Meanwhile, behind her back saying that she is full of it. They were more than willing to bring her on night after night, give 24 seven coverage to Donald Trump when the people that were doing it clearly were only doing it for the ratings. They were only doing it because they've become millionaires off of this. And I can tell you having this show, I understand I could pander really easily. I could have done that. I could right now have F you money. That is true. I 100% promise you that I don't because I refuse to play this game and I'm urging my colleagues. I'm urging all of those people in the independent media to stop this insanity of chasing money, chase your integrity first. And after you catch your integrity, if money comes in after that fact, great, wonderful, but don't be led by the cash. That's a major problem. Now the minion it's looking like is going to have a, uh, open and close case unless things start to change for some type of settlement. I'm really curious where this is going because now you have all of the people that are pushing the Trump narrative with Sidney Powell. And they're all saying they don't believe it. They're all saying that, you know, well, we got to be careful. Don't, don't say anything about Sidney Powell, because if you do, you know, the, the Trump people are going to be wanting to kill you. They're not going to want to follow you. They're going to send hate your way. And it was Sean Hannity that actually said, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it whatsoever because I understand that if I do, I'm putting myself in a bad situation. So you guys can continue to talk that side of the story. That is a huge 
problem for me that the producers, just as the producers at CNN push the Russia, 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 Russia narrative for month upon month upon month, knowing where certain things came from to this day, people still push the Russian narrative without acknowledging the DNC's role in all of this stuff, despite the fact that the facts are out there. And again, that goes back to what I was saying. It becomes back to people's personal ideologies. I'm not trying to convince you of anything today. I'm trying to provide context. And on the second half of the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about what is truth and why can't people see this or why isn't when people give you truth, why isn't truth popular? Why isn't truth the most popular value in your life? Why do you like the drama instead? Make sure you go to the America Out Loud Network. We have tons of different sponsors here on the network. Everything from Cofix RX to Healthy Cell to the Genesis Fogger HOCL. And they're all wonderful products that I support. And I hope that you do too. It helps keep the lights on here at the network and for my show coming to all of you. But they have nothing to do with the content that I provide or what I talk about. So I'm completely independent from all of that. All right, everybody, we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything.
Welcome back, Bold Americans. We are officially on the back nine. We had a nice round. I think we came in about two under par with the first half of the show. Let's see if we can stay under par and have a couple birdies here and maybe an eagle and have a nice finish on this one and uh, win the round. No handicaps here. Let's rock and roll. We're talking about truth. We're talking about not misleading our listeners. We're talking about integrity. And so I wanted to talk about why do people uh, refuse to believe truth and facts when confronted with the fact the truth and facts are there. And I did some shows about two weeks ago where I talked about confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance. So I'm not going to spend any more time on that. So this is not a rehash of my show two weeks ago. So continue to listen. It's fresh. We're going to get out our, uh, our driver. We're going to tee up and here we go. The first part reason why people don't believe truth and facts is because of their emotions. We become emotionally attached to the stories and beliefs in our lives. And when things contradict those beliefs, our emotions get in the way. Uh, and this is, you know, kind of my problem with the woke movement. Uh, people, uh, somebody had sent me, I guess it was John Oliver. He was critiquing uh, Ron DeSantis. Now, Ron DeSantis, I, I, he's not on the top of my list of favorite people by any means whatsoever. But I find that John Oliver is a bit dishonest in the way that he will go and attack people. And he plays on people's emotions. He'll use emotional buzzes. So that way, when you're listening to him, you're like, yeah, I don't like DeSantis either. I can't believe he would do that to somebody. And during that argument on the John Oliver show, he talked about being woke and how that uh, DeSantis was trying to get rid of everything woke. Look, I, I think that being woke, it, it depends on what you mean by that. It depends on what your definition is. If being woke means that we understand that the world is much more complex than simply stating our thoughts and beliefs, that the wiring of ourselves goes to great emotional attachments, then I'm all for being woke. Like, yeah, like let, let's become more woke. Let's, let's all start learning more about ourselves and the world around us. Let's sp spend time putting the work in on ourselves and becoming better emotional people for one another. Sure. That sounds great. But if being woke is simply blindly finding our emotions and saying, well, I don't feel good about that. Therefore I dictate that everybody else doesn't feel good about that either. Well, that's an emotional attachment and that's not going to deal with truth or facts. It's kind of like my wife and I, we have conversations often about, you know, and here we are ironically, as I go into this, uh, at national women's month in month of March. And it was Jill Biden uh, that just celebrated National Women's Month by giving an award for courage to a woman who is a biological male who identifies as a woman now for their work in the LGBTQ plus community. I'm not saying that's not courageous, but I have a problem with a biological male winning an award for women. And I also would like to say, if we want to go and detach ourselves from the emotion, if we want to stick with truth and facts on this, 
where are all the feminists? Where are all the feminists that talked about the pay gap, talked about the patriarchy, talked about toxic masculinity? How do you feel? This is an honest question to listeners. How do you feel about biological males that identify female winning awards during the National Women's Month? I think some of my listeners might be like, yeah, sure, whatever. I, I, I don't care. But I think the majority of my listeners, if you're detaching yourself from the emotion, then yes, you do have a problem with it. Because once you detach from the emotions and you look at the truths and the facts, the clear evidence, there's something wrong with that award. It's just, you know it in your heart. And that's not a hateful thing. That's not a thing of bigotry. That's not a thing of wishing ill uh, harm on anybody who's trans, anybody who identifies differently. That's, that's not it at all. That is simply stating that it's an emotional thing to try to label things as a hate group for making that type of statement. So that is my first part of why I believe people refuse truth versus facts. The next part goes kind of into the LGBTQ community as well, because I believe people, and this goes into religion, really, that's really where I should go with this. I don't want to spend much more time on the other religious, right? We have a group identity or political parties, Republicans, Democrats, liberals, progressive, conservatives, whatever you label yourself. People identify strongly with the social groups around them. So much so that we know that even in grade school, there's cliques and cliques leave children out. They bully children. We know that bullying is a real thing because of group identity. There's cultural communities as well. Now, when we have particular beliefs, such as like the Catholic church, right? If you have a particular belief that's part of your group identity, then there's going to be people in that group that reject evidence that contradicts that same uh, group of people. So there's evidence that all of a sudden were to come out uh, and say that, you know what? Jesus, according to this historical record that we have, which by the way, I don't, I don't have this, but say there was a historical record that said, say what, you know, Jesus was one of five children <laughs> and there was some type of historical thing that would rock people in group identity. They'd say, there's no way that's true. Even if historians were like, we source this and it's absolutely correct. The thing about group identity in the Christian faith too, it's never really threatened my Christian faith, but I do know that there are people that get very upset when they find out that there were books in the Bible that the Vatican said, well, we're not going to include that in with the Bible. There's been things that have been removed. Uh, so I know that that's part of group identity. I know when we talk about politics, there are people that tell me that there's no such thing as a good Republican, or there's no such thing as a smart liberal. And again, that's a strong belief, according to group identity, that you might reject the evidence that contradicts it. It's like the show I did last night, where I talked about, or you listened to it yesterday in the afternoon, whenever you chose to listen. I spoke about the uh, Capitol and what happened on January 6th and why it was important that even if I disagree with the way Tucker Carlson presented the information, it's important that that information gets out there because both sides cherry pick. And once the evidence is in front of people, it threatens your group identity and you saw people dig in deeper. You saw Chuck Schumer go onto the floor 
and start denouncing Tucker Carlson as being dangerous, denouncing what Fox News did as a revisionist type of history. And he's not wrong, just as Tucker Carlson's not wrong that Schumer did the same damn thing when they were going through the January 6th insurrection. Again, I'm putting that in quotes uh, because my listeners know I don't believe it was an insurrection. So this group identity is, is something that has led people to really bad things throughout society. Everything from uh, Charles Manson. It was a group identity that caused people to do horrible things there. We have groups that have cult leaders that have caused people to kill themselves. Group identity is so strong because it's a spot where people find a sense of belonging and social connection. Going back to church, think about this. When you move, if you go into like a, maybe you're on vacation, you'd like to go worship somewhere and you find a community that doesn't feel like the community that you enjoy, that you like, instead of focusing on that personal relationship that you have with your faith, many people will say, well, I can't believe they do church that way. It wasn't welcoming. Now that's because we have a group identity. We, the truth, the facts are simply how we live our life within Christianity. If, if you're a Catholic, if you're a Christian, if you're practicing and that's part of faith, but yet we look for that group identity, the community around us, as if that validates the truth and facts of our own prayer and worship. That's wrong. And that's a reason why when you get into the story that I'm doing today, about Tucker Carlson and his text messages, about Donald Trump, about Sidney Powell, and selling people out. If you identify as Fox News is my news source, well, wow, I completely understand why you're upset with me in doing this show. If you identify Tucker Carlson as being one of the smartest people when you watch uh, his, his daily newscast, uh, his opinion pieces, then yeah, I understand you're part of his community. I understand that I'm I'm stripping that down into the spot where what do people do? Well, when you identify a group, normally groups fight back. Normally when a group is uh, permeated from the outside, whether that's a group such as a country that will choose to go to war uh, because their sovereign thought of group identity is being threatened, or that is a clique of friends and when you're in grade school or high school, fights break out because the group identity has been threatened. Their social connection could come apart as it seems, and that seems very disassociating. Uh, or maybe it's in a relationship, and the relationship starts to fall apart, and that was part of your group identity with friends. If somebody's trying to break that up, that can also be something that people strongly identify and causes bad outcomes. So I completely understand why when somebody like myself is saying what I'm saying, that can be upsetting. I don't know how to change that other than to make myself aware of it, as well as make my listeners aware of it. I always say that on the show, I reserve the right to change my opinion tomorrow based upon new information. Uh, Senate bill 1316. DeSantis just said, I don't support it. And he goes, there's hundreds of bills that come through Florida and any person can put one of these bills up. And I don't comment that often on things, but I guess people like myself and so many others have been thrown the press that way that he felt it was important to comment. I'm glad that he did. 
Uh, but then I also got an email from someone who said they were concerned because they felt from reading the bill that it was more about uh, campaign finances than about the actual blogger and press, which I disagree. That stated, once I have a conversation with that individual and I understand it better, if I find that this bill was really just about campaign finances, you best believe I'm going to talk about that on a future show. I don't believe that it's still right because when I looked into it, if you're donating money from a campaign finance thing, a journalist should never be the person that has to put that type of information out there. That's not the journalist's responsibility to get fined. It's the person that's giving the money uh, that is responsible for saying where their money is going. And I don't think that campaign law uh, should affect bloggers. But I'm also going to say, I don't know enough about campaign law to make a carp launch 100% state. So that can ebb and flow. We'll, we'll figure that out as I talk to the experts about that SB 1316. I'll get back in touch with you. But that kind of goes into that group identity as well, right? Try not to dig in so hard. Try not to be so emotionally attached. And then the last part is something I covered, I think, a week ago on the show. It's, it's propaganda. Uh, misinformation and propaganda right now is something that is so strong. If you just think about what happened almost three years ago to the day, with locking down of society and messages of propaganda to try to keep everybody on the same page. The buzzwords that people started using about, you know, we're all in this together. Uh, you know, two weeks to slow the curve or slow the spread or it's the new normal, right? Uh, all of those phrases was propaganda phrases. They weren't necessarily false information, uh, but it might have been misleading at times. Some of that information, there wasn't 100% facts, just as I just said with SB 1316. I don't have 100% facts, although I pretty well researched the thing before I spoke about it. But that information can spread quickly. It spreads widely. People understood the COVID message because it was coming out as a propaganda format very, very fast, lightning fast. So much so I still remember uh, a boss making that comment. We're in the new normal now, like two weeks after the slow, the spread. And we found out schools weren't going to reopen that school year and thinking, where did he hear new normal? That was the first time I heard it. And it continued. So that phrase was that buzzword. And I, I try to pay attention to everybody's buzzwords. And I'm sure I know for a fact what mine are, but maybe my listeners are, are picking up on my buzzwords too. And kind of chuckling about that. Um, Every episode, I, I think I told you guys this, if I say the word conspiracy theory, if you don't just drink a cup of coffee, but you're whatever else that you're into, maybe you throw a little shot of something in there. Uh, if I say conspiracy theory, it's your, uh, you got to take a, a drink of your coffee or whatever it is that you're into. We'll make that kind of a little fun game for my listeners moving forward. So uh, if you're drinking a Sprite, you're drinking a Coca-Cola, uh, maybe you're drinking some uh, non-brand, that's fine too, uh, or some spirits, whatever that may be. Uh, but we'll make that a little game. Anyway, propaganda, because it was weaponized, and I cover this, I thought pretty well, if you want to go back to an episode last week, uh, but it makes it very difficult for people to distinguish truth from fiction. So this is the problem with truth and facts. This is the problem with Tucker Carlson. I just can tell you that he says Sidney Powell was full of it. Trump 
is basically somebody that should never run again because he ruined the country. Tucker Carlson's words, not mine. Um, don't kill me for repeating Tucker Carlson's words. I love you all. Um, but when he texts all of those things, that is completely contradictory with what he told you when he was on mic in front of you in your living room or on your cell phone, wherever you were watching Tucker Carlson. Is that somebody that you want to trust and believe? Is that somebody that deserves millions of viewers? I mean, I guess if Rachel Maddow can do it after lying to people for a decade and a half, I guess Tucker Carlson can do it too. I mean, I still remember John Stewart. Do you remember John Stewart and Tucker Carlson on Crossfire? I think it was Crossfire. Uh, Tucker Carlson was on with John Stewart and it was an episode of Crossfire that is like just absolutely infamous. And John Stewart basically told Tucker Carlson way back when he said, just quit. The best thing you can do for America, Tucker is just quit. And it, you know, John Stewart at times, I, I, I think he's also an emotional pawn um, because he uses comedy extremely effectively in order to get your emotions firing. So you don't really look at just the, facts and truth that stated there is a ton of things that john stewart is absolutely 100 on it might be uh, uncomfortable but what he did for the people uh from the world trade center and 9 11 is absolutely heroic and john stewart needs to be uh you know really i want to build him up for that thank you uh for making sure that people had access to health care long term and it wasn't continued to be politicized that all stated, John Stewart bent a little bit of facts even with that back then. But anyway, if you ever get a chance, go John Stewart on Crossfire with Tucker Carlson's from October 15th, 2004. You'll get a really good laugh off of it. I absolutely promise. It's one of my favorite um, moments of watching somebody just get completely destroyed. It reminded me of Russell Brand on Bill Maher uh, talking just over the weekend uh, doing the same thing to MSNBC and saying, you guys are a propaganda network. You're still doing the exact same thing Fox News is being. Stop trying to act like you have this immoral authority over news. You guys are absolutely identical. Which leads me to the final thought for tonight. Why do people prefer the drama? We can live carefree lives. We can live lives that are happy and fulfilling. We don't have to get all caught up constantly in politics. We don't have to get caught up in things that polarize us. But we fall for drama. I mean, keeping up with the Kardashians. Why did people watch that? Why was that entertaining? What was it? Well, it's because it took people through the intense emotions and conflicts on that show. And it made people have to pay attention to them that watch. Now, I never watched an episode, but I understand it from hearing the uh, previews and what kids around me were talking about that were watching it. Drama's human nature as well. Gossip is a billion-dollar industry. Look at the tabloids. I was wondering, too. I think one of my friends says, does anyone actually buy these tabloids? You know, if the world's a simulation, tabloids are definitely at the top of that simulation. Is there anything actually inside the pages when you open them up asking for a friend? I don't know because I don't buy them. But anyway, gossip's a billion dollar industry because it allows us to compare ourselves towards other people's lives, maybe to see what our relationship looks like to others. And it puts us into like this human nature of one versus the other. And I don't like that. And then the other part of drama is, 
drama has control. Uh, some people are manipulative. Some people are narcissistic. Uh, some people just prefer to observe and analyze from a safe distance. They don't want to get involved. Uh, some people once punched, they fight back dirty. Uh, that sense of control from drama is important. And the last part is what goes back to what I was just talking about at the top of this back nine. Here we go. Hole number 18. It's bonding with other people. For some reason, when we talk about shared drama or drama between two people and you can, you can compare it and you're like, wow, you have drama in your life too. There's something about like the, the, I don't know, the endorphins that are released in the brain where all of a sudden we're like, oh, you had that experience too. Or, oh, you experienced something dramatic as well. Wow. We're in this together. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we hit a hole in one. And that brings us to the end of today's show. I hope that I honored your time well, gave you some things to think about. Um, as always, if you'd like to continue the conversation, you can email me, greg at americaembolden.com, or you can find me on Twitter at realgregbolden, B-O-U-L-D-E-N. It's been a pleasure, everybody. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh-huh.